Always is. I thank God for the songs that they sing. Songs that remind me of some of the saints of old that have already gone. Thank the Lord for that. Brings back some sweet memories. And it's kind of what we're going to be speaking on here tonight. If you would turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to bypass our Galatian study this week. We'll pick it up in the week after next. I just wanted to be an encouragement to the saints of God here this evening. And also, if you be here and you don't know the Lord your Savior, I want you to think about some things this evening. What would it be like? What would it be like in your life if the Lord should come back today? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to look at verse 51 and 52 to begin with. The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. I want to bring a message this evening simply entitled, The Great Day Which Awaits the Believer. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne this evening, we do so with very thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, for your salvation. We thank you for the hope that you give us in the resurrection. And Lord, we thank you that these old bodies one day shall be changed. These old bodies that are wrecked with sin and sorrow will one day have a body that shall never feel pain. Never feel the pain of sin. And Lord, what a blessing it will be. For we can't even begin to comprehend what it is or what it's going to be like. But Father, I know we have with great anticipation much to look forward to. Lord, I pray that you bless your children here tonight. And Father, if they be those here who do not know the Savior... Lord, I pray that you will arouse their senses. Lord, quicken them this moment. That they may, for the first time in their lives, finally hear the way of hope and salvation. Lord, bless us. Father, we ask that you forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. We sang the song... Throw out the lifeline. You know, it's tonight as we stand here and we think about these old songs. I mean, these are old songs. These are songs that I remember growing up with as a kid, as a young boy. You hear these old songs and they bring back memories. And I'll be honest with you, even as a young lad, I remember the songs that had done something to my heart. That's one of these songs here tonight. Throw out the lifeline. You know, tonight, whether you realize it or not, 
You're that poor sinner who needs the lifeline. If you're lost and undone tonight, you need salvation. You need the hope that the lifeline will give you. I think about that song from time to time because when my brother was in the, the Navy, every time we sang that song as a boy, I remember she would just she would cry her eyes out. She's always worried about her son, her eldest son. As he was in the Navy and, you know, uh, he's always out on the water and, and every time we sang that song, tears began to roll down her cheeks. But you know what? In life, I mean, that, I'm talk, that's the physical side of things, but when you think about the spiritual side, when you think about, as a parent, your children, Again, this takes me back to a message of the ascending smoke back about 2006. I mention that message all the time because it had such a bearing on my heart. As I preached that message, the first place and the first time I ever preached it was at Crane Creek Baptist Church. And it was during a revival meeting in 2006 and I preached that message throughout the lifeline or the ascending smoke because our children and our loved ones are on the very edge of going off into eternity. And as you look back and you look out over, over the, the, the great abyss and all you could see was the ascending smoke. If you remember, that's all Lot could see as he got to the, to the mountains and as he got away, and his, of course his wife, I reckon she looked way too early. She had such a longing for, for Sodom and Gomorrah that as soon as she turned to look, she looked with a different eye. She looked with a lustful eye. And God turned her into a pillar of salt and no more, no more would that individual ever have the hope that we're going to speak of here tonight. But as I look back and I think about Lot and Abraham, as they looked back out over the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all you could see was the ascending smoke, no doubt, you know, Lot had, had affection for his sons-in-laws that were left behind, but others, you know, that he might have been acquainted with and been friends with. It's hard to it's hard to imagine that kind of a of a situation for the Christian to be really friends with with the world during that time and in that place and setting. But Lot may have had some of those acquaintances that he looked for. And as he turned around, all he could see was smoke. Folks, I want you to know something. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you don't know the Lord's your Savior, I'm going I'm to throw out the lifeline to you this evening. The lifeline that, that you desperately need in this situation. Verse 3 of that song, it says, Throw out the lifeline to danger fraught men, sinking in anguish where you've never been. Winds of temptation and billows of woe will soon hurl them out where the dark waters flow. 
Now, friend, I, I don't know about you as a Christian, but now if that doesn't get a hold of your heart, you need to have a heart check, amen? You need to stop and consider your loved ones, your sons, your daughters, your husbands, your wives, uh, uh, your children, uh, your, your, your family, your friends, your acquaintances, uh, and think about them as, as they're being sucked out into the waters and into the deep, dark waters where no life exists. I go back and I think about this, this song from time to time and, and whole how it, how it just moves me as an individual, as a Christian, one who's saved by God's amazing grace, especially as a gospel preacher. And the greatest desire that I have, even here tonight, is to see every lost soul in this house saved by God's amazing grace, even as we preach this message. That's my hope and desire. Because I know what it is to be in the dark waters, amen? I know what it is to be hurled out and sucked out uh, uh, to see in the dark in the dark regions. And I pray tonight that you have the hope that 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, verse 51 through 58 offers the redeemed. But there are those who do not know this kind of hope. There are those in, a, in our churches today who, who, do not, who do not know the hope that a resurrection of the living really means. Now there's going to be a resurrection. All the dead are going to be raised one day. You need to realize that. Listen, I've heard people say, well, if I don't make it to heaven, at least uh, all I have to worry about is being put in the ground. No, that's not all you got to worry about. You know, I've had men to tell me, you know, well, you know, it really doesn't matter because when we're gone, it's not, it, we're not going to know anything that's going on. But my friend, you will. These old bodies that we have and we, we take out to the cemeteries, you know, it wasn't too awful long ago we we uh, we we uh, celebrated our Memorial Day where we where we we go out and and we we place flowers at the at the graves of of a fallen veterans and what have you. And it has graduated to now. It's a, it's it's something that we do for all of our loved ones, and I understand that. And it is it is something that we need to do and remember those who have gone on before us. You need to know that every individual has ever been brought into this world from Adam all the way, all the way to the last one who's ever brought into this world, they're all going to be raised one day. If we die, listen, you're going to be raised. These old bodies are going to be raised. Now, the question is, will you be raised to life unto life or death unto death? Will you be raised to give to to receive an incorruptible body? Will you be raised to receive a body that can never feel pain, sorrow, sickness, or death again? Or will you be raised in a body that will never die, yet it will always feel death? That's what it is to die and go to the, the place called hell. But our text indicates a great mystery, a miracle on the grandest scale. When these old bodies are going to be changed. Again, 
everybody's going to be changed. There's bodies that's going to be changed to a body that can, and, and, and let me say this. All of our bodies, I'm going to take that down a little bit. I'm looking at it right in the eye. All of our bodies is going to be changed, okay? They're, like I said, you're either going to be given a body that's going to feel and know and see sickness, sorrow, pain, and death for all eternity, a body that can never be killed, a body that can never die, or you're going to receive the body that's been changed like unto His glorious body, Amen. A body that will never know sin again. And that's the greatest litigating factor that I have to offer you today is that the saved are going to have a body that will never know sin again. And sin, as a matter of fact, is the reason why we have everything else that falls apart in our bodies. Now listen, I want to be a part of that first resurrection, amen? I want to be able to take part in that first resurrection and as a redeemed, as a redeemed blood-bought saint of God, I'm promised that I'm going to have part in the first resurrection and I'm going to be given a new body, a body that'll never know sin, sorrow, or sickness, a body that'll never ever know death again. A body that will be ever so thankful to be always on my knees praising my Almighty. Amen. Amen. You know, right now, I'll tell you what, these old bodies, they, they get pretty worn out, seems like. Take something to get down on your knees sometimes. Sometimes it ain't so hard to get down there, it's hard to get up. You know, you got these hips that are bad, the knees that are bad, and sometimes somebody wants to grab you by the arm and pull you up, and then your shoulders all messed up. That's, that's our bodies. And that's all because of sin. You know, one day they, these old bodies are going to be, they're going to be changed and we're going to be given an incorruptible body. Do you know what that means? To have an incorruptible body, a body that can never feel the effects of sin ever again in our lives. And that's throughout all eternity. That's infancy. As far as the east is from the west, it goes on and on. There is no end to that. Have you ever considered what it's going to be like to have that kind of life? First of all tonight, I want you to notice something. The Bible states in our text in verse 51 that we all shall not sleep. That means that at the resurrection, at the, at the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ and His saints, listen, as Jesus Christ comes back and calls His children home, the Bible states here that some of us are going to be alive. And I say that some of us, it could happen today or it could happen a hundred years from now. And I know that I won't be here in a hundred years. But know this, that those that are saved and redeemed that are alive, listen, the Bible says, they also shall be caught up. They also shall be caught up. It says in verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we're all not going to be dead and in the graves at this time. 
That word sleeper is exactly what it means. It means to pass or to die. If you look it up in the Greek, it is komia, and it means to either die or sleep. And listen, as you look at that church, we may, we may not see death or decay in these old bodies. We may not. But the bodies of those that are already gone will see a great transformation. Now I want you to think about this. In 1 Thessalonians, it talks to us about, about something that, that encourages me during times when we're at funerals or what have you. You know, when you've got a saint of God that's died and gone on or you've got a loved one that, that's been saved by God's amazing grace. Verse 13 of, of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4, verse 13 through verse 18, the Bible here gives us something to be encouraged about. He says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And again, what he's saying there, that word asleep means to be, to be dead or to be, you know, in the grave. He says that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. You know, you know, oftentimes, I heard a man say one time, you don't have any business crying over the decease of your loved ones. And I thought, dang on, buddy, that's pretty, that's pretty hard. That's pretty cold. You know what, I don't know about you, but it breaks my heart every time I have a loved one to pass away. It breaks my heart every time we have one of these saints of God in this house to pass away because I feel like they're, 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 we're a part of each other. I feel like we are, are that close as a church family and it breaks my heart. I, I was talking to Brother Stephen today while we were sitting at the hospital and I was talking about some of the saints of old that, that have gone on since, uh, since I've been pastoring here. You know what? I miss them old folks. I miss those folks who, who when you walk into the house, they had a smile upon their face and they, they had a joyful heart and they were just glad to be alive and saved by God's amazing grace. I mean, it was always exciting. I was telling him about going down to uh, Sister Darlene. Sister Darlene Flannery, uh, I mean, if you went there and you was tr you're just trying to be a blessing and pray for whatever you was doing, you never left without first of all eating. I mean, buddy, wherever you, I don't care what you, what you were doing. We were down there one day, myself and Aaron, we were cutting up an old apple tree that had blown over. She was trying to get somebody to cut it. And she called me and said, I can't get nobody to cut it. Well, me and Aaron went over and cut it and we got through, had to, had to old pickup truck loaded down, plumbed down with that apple wood. And she said, now come on in here. And I mean, I was burning up. I was soaking wet and hot and tired. She said, come on in. So we come on in. And I could smell it as soon as I walked up. As soon as I opened the door, you could smell that tater soup. I think everybody around here loves tater soup. But I'll tell you what. Now, she, she made that potato soup. And I want you to know something. She expected you to sit down and get you a bowl of soup. I told Aaron, I know Aaron didn't like that potato soup awful well. And I told him, I said, listen, you sit there and you eat you a bowl of potato soup. She had walked into the uh, other room to wash off or something, and, and me and Aaron were sitting there, and I said, now listen, you eat that. He ate it. I don't think he ever did like potato soup. Now, he, he ate it. You know what? I got fond memories like that. I, I've told you... Uh, I've told you about Ellie Riffin, how I used to go there every Saturday and take her my radio tape. My, every Saturday, when I, at, you know, on Sundays, I'd pick the radio tape up. The next Saturday on visitation, I would take her that tape because she wanted to hear the preaching and the singing at Emmanuel. 
And every, every Saturday, I left her being filled with potato soup. I love those old people. Brother Tuck and Sister Lois Clark, they was always, they was always, uh, every time you went to visit them, you know you needed to visit them. They needed somebody to talk to them. But you never left them without eating. You know what? They was always willing to feed you while you fed them. Those old saints, I, I mean, those, those saints, I got close to people just like all of you all. I sat and I talked to people about our church and these preachers that tell you that I do that, I do that. I love my church family. I love my church family so much that listen, I would just, I would do anything for my church family. And as I think about this, I, that's what draws me close and that's the reason why my heart breaks from time to time when we lose one of our, one of our church members or, or one of them in death or, or what have you. It just breaks my heart. But this Bible here tells me something. Listen, you don't have to sorrow like those that have no hope. Verse 13 of this text in, in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 tells me, listen, I have hope in the death of the saints. Amen? The Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Folks, I want you to know something. It's precious to the Lord and it should be precious to us once we get, once we get our heart back in tune. We go back, we start thinking about them loved ones that's gone on. You know what? I wouldn't want my dad back right now for nothing. It broke my heart to see him go because I didn't have no time. Thirteen days is all I had once we found out he was sick. We had thirteen days with him. And in those thirteen days, you do everything in your power to try to make up for all the, all the days that, that were maybe not so pleasant in the past. You know how it is when you're growing up as a teenager. You're not always the best son in the world, it seems like. But you want to do everything you can to make sure that they know that you love them. You want to do everything you can to make sure that you appreciated the life that they gave you and the life that they sacrificed to give you. Yes, I loved, I loved my, my family. I love my church family. Listen, I've been with my church family even longer than I was with my, 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 yeah, my biological family. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? I've been with you longer than I was ever with them even. Think about it. I've been with my wife for a long time. 41 years this year. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> my eyes got big. <laughs> But I'll tell you, when we have that kind of love for each other, it breaks our hearts when we see others go. Okay? That's what this Bible's telling us here. And this scripture is saying, listen, don't, don't weep for those that, as if you have no hope of ever seeing them again. We're going to see one another again. Regardless of how bad it hurts now, regardless of how many tears you shed today, listen, know this, that we are going to all see each other again in the great hereafter. You know, uh, that song that the, that the boys sang, I mean, I love that song because that's a song my dad used to sing. Swing low. I can still hear him on his deathbed. Swing low, sweet chariot. That was on a Sunday morning. He sang that song Sunday evening. He was gone. 
But you know what? I still hear him singing that song, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. That's, that's one of the songs that he sang all the time when I was a young, when I was a young adult. He, he sang that song, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, coming for to carry me home, Swing Low. And I, I can still, and when I hear them boys sing that song, boys, it takes me back. But know this, I know I'm going to see them again. One day that chariot's going to come for me. Because the Bible says in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, that word prevent there means we shall not hinder them. In other words, they're going to go before us. And then we shall be caught up to be together with them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And therefore, he says in verse 18, therefore comfort one another with these words. Folks, it's a comfort to know that one day we're going to be together again. Amen? That's it. what you have to look forward to if you're saved by the grace of God. Now, if you're not saved by the grace of God, I understand your sorrow. I understand the weeping and the uncontrollable sadness and sorrow that overwhelms you because you have no hope of seeing them again unless you're saved by God's amazing grace. Secondly, tonight, how shall all this take place? Listen, I'll say this. Don't be caught unawares. Because the Bible says in a moment and the twinkling of an eye, that's awful quick. I wrote this down years ago. I wrote this down because I looked it up. One third of one second is the twinkling of an eye. One third of one second. You know what? That's pretty daggone fast. Amen. Now listen, let me ask you something. Are you going to be caught unawares? Are you saved by God's amazing grace? Then, then you're, you're safe. You're, you're, like a, you're like one of the virgins that had their lamps filled in Matthew 25, I believe it is. Listen, they had their lamps filled. Their, their wicks were trimmed. They were ready to go. Folks, are you ready to go tonight? That's what I'm asking. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Are you like those that were not ready? Listen, they had, they had the lamp. You know, people today have the idea of what it is to be saved. They have the word nigh them, even in their heart and in their minds. But listen, do you, are you saved by God's amazing grace? Do you know the Lord tonight? Or will you be caught unawares? Don't be caught unawares. Listen, I want you to know something tonight. I think you need to keep a short account with God. Amen. I believe that even for the saved. You know, every time that, and, and listen folks, don't say you don't know if you sin or not. The Holy Spirit reveals it unto you the very second that you sin. God's Holy Spirit says, hey, you know what I do? And I mean, I have to do it daily. I have to say, Lord, forgive me. I have sinned and admit it, know it. I keep a short account with God because I want, to, I want to know that when I meet Him, I won't be hanging my head in sorrow and tears. Amen? I want to know that I'm ready and I want to know that when I do see Him, listen, I know that He's going to say, well done. That's what I want. Don't you want that? Don't you want to hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? How many of us today... 
do not want to have that said to us. I dare say that there's not a person in here that would not want that. Listen, in order for that to happen, you know what you got to do? Not only keep a short account with God, but you need to keep a short account with your loved ones, with your church family, with your family, with those around you. Listen, you're a light here. You're an example to the world outside, and you ought to be portraying the example that I am a Christian and I want to live like a Christian. I don't want people to ask... You mean they're a member of over at that church where you preach? I've had that said a time or two. You know what? That's not a good testimony. Listen. Even the kindness of the heart, being kind, is a light and a testimony to the world outside. They see something different in your kind heart because the world outside, they don't have that kindness in their heart, do they? There, there's darkness out there. Keep a short account with God. If Christ should return this evening, would you be ready to go? If Christ should return this hour, well, let me ask you something. Are you still sitting back waiting for that perfect moment to be saved? Are you still sitting back waiting for that perfect clash of light to come into your life? There it is. You know when it's going to come for many? When it's way too late and it never will happen. Folks, I want you to know something. Salvation's more than a clash of light, amen? amen. Salvation is more than an emotional feeling. Salvation is something that God moves upon you with. May God help us tonight to have that in our hearts. Now, I want to move on. I want you to notice this event. The Bible says the dead shall be raised. How shall they be raised? In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and incorruptible. That takes you back to that swing low sweet chariot song. Are you ready? You know, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to Revelation 21 and 4 coming true. Amen? I'm looking forward to that time when, when all crying and sorrow is going to be done away with. I'm looking forward to a time when I don't have to worry about this old sinful mind and body anymore. I'm looking forward to a time when I see no more death and I have to preach no more funerals. Folks, I think I preached 70... 70, I don't know, 75 or so funerals. That's a lot of funerals. I want you to think about that. I'll be tickled to death when I have not to preach another funeral. Funerals are hard. Even for a man who's been preaching for 20, nearly 23 years, funerals are hard. I don't care who you are. It ought to be hard anyhow. You ought to have feeling compassion for those that's lost loved ones. You know, I know preachers that don't have compassion. I know preachers that'll look at that person and say, your boy just went to hell. Boy, what good's that going to do that, that, that saved couple there to know that? 
They know. They know in the back of their mind where their son is. You know what? I believe preachers today need to have more compassion. Amen? You can say amen there. I believe it. I believe that preachers need to have more compassion. I believe that, uh, that you ought to have a, a desire to be a blessing to the family. You know, you can't preach a lost person into heaven. I'll say that. You can't do it. If you got something good that you can say, say it and move on. Just give them the gospel. That's the only thing that I can really say today. Because we are going to be raised incorruptible. No more sorrow, no more sickness, no more funerals. That's what I'm looking forward to. A time when we're going to see victory over death once and for all. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that that, that death has a sting to it. And it does. I don't care who you are. Death does have a sting to it. I just hope God gives me grace to die like a Christian. Amen. To die like one that's saved by God's amazing grace. My dad looked at me and I, I, I didn't hear him at first and I asked him to repeat it. He pulled me down to his, to his lips and he said, Son, I want you to know something. I thought he was going to say, I love you or something like that, you know. But he said, listen, dying's not hard for the saved. That, that hit hard because I, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at my dad, you know. He's going, he's going to the other side just in seconds. And I'm thinking, boy, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me. But what he was saying was, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in my salvation and dying is not hard. Folks, I want you to know that's the place you need to be. If you're here tonight and dying is something that you fret over, is dying, you know, people look at me and they say, you preach too much on death. I know. I know what you're saying. It bothers you, doesn't it? And it ought to if you're not saved. Because death is the end of hope for you. But for the redeemed, death is the only beginning of hope. It's the joy of our salvation that one day that we have to look forward to. A day when Revelation 21.4 comes through. That. Now, I want to close with this. To those that are saved, I want you to know, and, and we know this, I know you know this, it does, not, it does not even begin to make me question you at all because of this. I want you to know something. I know that you know the reason why we have hope. The one who we are to thank tonight is not our good genes. It's not our good mind. We need to thank the Lord tonight that we're saved, number one, and that He's kept us, number two. Amen. This is where our thanks should be tonight. In verse 57 of our text, we go back to 1 Corinthians for just a moment. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, notice what it says there. And I ask you again, do you have this hope that I've been speaking of tonight? If you don't, listen, you need to stop right where you're at right now. If the Lord should come back tonight and you blink an eye and all of a sudden everybody's gone, what, what are you going to do? I'll tell you, you'll do everything in your power, but it's too late. You need to do it right now while, while the Lord's still, still in the saving business. Amen? He says this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57, But thanks be to God. Amen? That's who we need to thank tonight because we're going to heaven. Which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have the hope that we have. And it's not just a hope so hope. It is a lively hope as First Peter says. First Peter 1 tells us that we have a lively hope. Folks, I want you to know something. That's what it means to be saved by God's amazing grace. Go to 2 Corinthians 9 with me and I'm going to come to a close. 2 Corinthians in chapter 9. <clears throat> Notice what it says here in verse 15. And it's a simple phrase. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You know what His unspeakable gift was? Giving us His Son. His Son dying for us on the cross of Calvary, paying our sin debt, Listen, being buried and rose again that we might have life. Thanks be unto God. Friend, I don't know if you're here tonight and lost or un... I, don't, I can't see your mind. I can't see your heart. But you know. You and God know what lies ahead for you. Are you ready to go? It's going to happen. And the Bible says it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, just as quick as you can blink and two-thirds faster than that. Think about it. One-third of a second and everything's going to be changed in your life. It's going to happen so fast, it's going to astonish you. But the sad thing of it is, when you realize it, it's already too late. So what do you do? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe it is, today's the day of salvation. Call on Him today. While you have breath in your, in your body, while the saints of God are still here, because that tells you that God is still waiting to call us all home. And that day of grace is going to end when He calls us home, folks. Let me ask you something. Are you ready to go? Do you know the Lord's your Savior tonight? You know what? I'm very thankful tonight for the four, four uh, lives that were changed in this congregation this past week. I praise God that they've gone from death unto life. Amen. They've got a life that's been changed. We need to thank the Lord tonight. Listen, you need to pray for them, young people. Pray God will keep them and God will continue to arrest their thoughts that they keep their lives focused upon Him. Tonight, I'm praying for you, lost person. 
I want you to know I'm praying for you tonight. I'm praying the Lord will save your soul. I'm praying tonight that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will fall upon you and will not give you breath until you finally come and call for the Lord. May God help you as our prayer. Let's all stand, please. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for a wonderful night, just being with thy people, reflecting upon the life that we have to come here shortly. Lord, I pray for the lost around us. As I look out over this congregation, Lord, and I see as Abraham and Lot did as they looked back over the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lord, they the ascending smoke. Lord, I pray for these young people, these young adults. Lord, I'm asking that you might save their souls this evening. Bring them life, Lord. Bring them up out of the darkness and place them in the light. Save them by your marvelous grace. Lord, bless this evening. Save souls and save lives. And Father, forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come.